Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It's AWOD on the road here in Orlando, presented by Club D3 Travel. Hit them up today, clubd3travel.com, to book your trip to Disney World, as I'm here for the ESPN Events Invitational, covering both VCU and Virginia Tech. But right now, it's time for the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. All right, you guys know I like to talk to the people here at this segment. Talk to the fans on the fan, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Redskins fans, this is your segment to chime in. And the question of the day is simple here on the Richmond Commander because I do think the fan base is split right now with Washington 4-7. and seven. It's simple. Do you want the Skins to defeat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving? Are you in tank mode? Are you punting on this season? Are you like me? Like, I'd rather see Dallas win by 30 so that Ron Rivera gets fired on Friday. Or are you like a, like a few of my callers and people that have tweeted us at 910thefan and at AWOD Radio saying, hey, Cowboys Redskins is our Super Bowl every year. Doesn't matter our record. We need to win that game. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. So game will be 4:30 tomorrow on CBS. Dallas is favored to win the game by 12 and a half points. Over under set at 48 and a half. And Sam Howe coming off a game again where he really struggled against the Giants. And He has struggled twice against the Giants this season, so I'm going to give more credit to Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, than I am going to take points away from Sam Howell and how I evaluate him on the season. He still had 255 yards passing, but it was the three interceptions that hurt Washington's chances to win, including the final interception on the final drive of the game that led to a pick six for the Giants as they went from up by five, 24-19 with the Commanders, grasping for a chance to win to a 31-19 victory. So Sam Howe struggles against the Giants, but I want to see how he's going to play against this tough Cowboys defense. And that's why I'm going to say, look, I don't care about the win or the loss in this game. I don't care about the outcome. I want the offense to score like 25 points. I want the offense to look good, to keep that momentum. I want slinging Sammy Howell to be throwing it all around the field. I want to see Terry McLaurin have a good game. Can we get a bounce back Jahan Dotson performance? Can Brian Robinson, we know we can throw to him and he can catch and run, can he run the ball? Or are the Cowboys just going to run all over Washington and Dak Prescott throw for four touchdowns? If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. Let's hear from the head coach of the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera, on a short week and a Thanksgiving game, including a nice question from our co-worker, Michael Phillips. Let's roll the tape. With the short week, uh, you guys tripped up against Chicago on the short week last time around. Was there anything you take from that or do differently this time around? Yeah, different, differently, different, different thought process as far as I'm concerned and my messaging with the players. Um, so you know, hopefully it, uh, it's the right one, and uh, I, I think our guys, you know, gotten the message. I think they came in and they had a good day. They really seemed focused and um, brought some energy. Uh, and they, they seem to be in a, in, in a good place right now. The last time we saw you guys play the Cowboys at the Sam's breakout game last week, the last year. Is there any confidence he can take from that or that you guys can take from that as a team? 
Well, I think we can, just knowing that, you know, again, that was, you know, that was Dallas's first unit, and, and, and uh, you know, they were still playing for playoffs positioning. I mean, they were in, but it was all about positioning at that point. And so, you know, they came out and gave a good effort, and I thought, you know, Sam handled the situation pretty well. Stubb, I don't want to be a Ron Rivera hater, so chime in here. But does he not just sound like a guy that is ready to not be the head coach anymore, right? There was no energy there in that answer. You say you don't want to be a Ron Rivera hater. <laughs> I know. I know. I Because, I, I mean, it's just like that was just a random question, and he just had no juice there. It was like he would, he would he doesn't want to be the coach anymore. That's what I really think. And so that's why I have Dallas winning this game because I think Ron Rivera has completely lost the locker room. The players don't want to play for him. He should have been fired last season. He should have been fired on Monday after the loss to the New York Giants. How is this team going to turn it around on three days rest go to Dallas, Jerry's world, and beat the hot Cowboys. It's I just don't see that happening. You know, tomorrow, uh, or later today, I've got to give out keys to victory, right, because there's no show tomorrow. I don't think I have any keys. The doors are locked. The season's over. I'm done. I'm done. If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. The only thing that matters to me is Sam Howell to bounce back from the tough performance that he had against the New York Giants. Here's the head coach once again, Ron Rivera, on Sam Howell's performance against the Giants. Oh, I just think because he learned. He learned from those mistakes. I mean, you, you think about it, too. He, he stacked several good games in a row, so somewhere along the line he was going to have one that, you know, that, that was gonna, he was going to struggle with. So, you know, just anticipate him get an opportunity to, to reset himself um, and get himself ready to go and just, you know, got a lot of confidence in who he is. Wow. I mean, it's just so uninspiring. Stubb, you got to stop playing Ron Rivera clips for me, man. It does nothing. It doesn't get me juiced anymore. It just makes me want to see this team lose. I, I swear. You it know, almost... you got articles on the Washington Post. Forget Ron Rivera. The coach who matters is the coach who's next, right? I mean, it just feels like the fan base is completely ready to move on from Ron Rivera, and that's why I want to double down again on my take from yesterday. Let's bring in an interim coach from outside the organization. Let's bring in a Hall of Famer like Daryl Green. Let's bring in a Redskins legend like Chris Cooley. You've got Ryan Kerrigan already on the uh, already on the um, coaching staff. Give him an opportunity. Let somebody else try to inspire the guys because Ron Rivera just simply doesn't do that. They they've laid they've laid four goose eggs this season already. They only have four wins. They've had four blowout losses. They've had more blowout losses than they have wins this season. So. It's just so frustrating. That's why the question of the day is simple here on the Richmond Commander. Do you even want Washington to win on Thanksgiving against Dallas? Or the more losses they have, the higher draft pick they're going to receive at the end of the season. Stubb, what do you think? Are you rooting for the team to get another couple wins before the end of the season? Not really. I guess yeah. <laughs> I guess I don't care. So I guess I'd want them to lose so it's a better season next, uh, next year because uh, uh, they're not that fun to watch anymore. <coughs> No, you're right about that. And look, Ron Rivera's absolutely on the hot seat. Even Adam Schefter told Pat McAfee it's heating up. And I, I've heard some reporters say, hey, maybe he'll keep the job for two more weeks. They play the Cowboys tomorrow and then the Dolphins the week after that and then the bye week, and that would be an opportunity for him to be fired. But there's also several Washington Commanders players who are on the hot seat, as our friends at Rigo's Rag pointed to these four. They say number one. Kendall Fuller, the commander's cornerback. Now, Emmanuel Forbes has missed the last two days of practice, 
So we don't know if he'll be able to participate in the game against the Cowboys. And St. Juice has struggled. But Kendall Fuller is going to have to show up with the goods against C.D. Lamb. And uh, I do think he's on the hot seat because I wouldn't include Kendall Fuller as a lock on the roster next season. You had Michael Phillips even predicting Kendall Fuller could have been cut this year. Another guy they point to, Charles Leno Jr., the offensive tackle for the Commanders. We know the offensive line has been the biggest issue for the Commanders this season uh, besides the secondary. The offensive line leading Sam Howell to lead the league in most sacks taken this season. And Charles Leno has to be under the microscope. He has not been good enough. You know, I think some people could say he's been a decent left tackle some games. But then some games, like the game against the Giants, Kayvon Thibodeau just had his way with him. Um, so it's just so frustrating. Chris Paul of the offensive line on there as well. And then I'm going to point to... I'm going to point to... The linebacker, Jamin Davis. I don't understand why, at this point in his career, he's not the Mike linebacker. He's, he earned the position last season, getting the green dot, calling plays. Ron Rivera was hyping him up, saying, hey, he's finally living up to our expectations of a first-round draft pick. But now, a few games in a row, he struggled. He hasn't flashed. We've seen him make plays, and we've seen him give up more chunk plays. He couldn't cover Saquon Barkley last week. So I just think there's two offensive linemen that might be on their way out next season on the hot seat. Kendall Fuller, absolutely. We have to improve at the secondary. I expect them to draft another corner and bring in a veteran. And then I'm going to put to Jamin Davis on the hot seat here. David, David Mayo's the obvious one. He's too slow. Slow as Mayo. Cody Barton's probably not going to be on the roster next year. Jamin Davis, the former first-round pick, is he going to turn into somebody? Or is he just a backup middle linebacker in the NFL? If you want to chime in, it's 833-804-0910. I'm broadcasting live from Kitty O'Shea's here. Just five minutes from Disney Springs, and they have the best Buffalo Wings in Orlando. I'll be the judge of that today. They just served me a few. Stub, first wing was excellent. I'm going to get to wing number two right now. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It is the day before Thanksgiving, also known as the biggest bar night of the year as everybody travels home to where they went to high school. You hit up your old high school buddies and you go out for a drink. And I'm broadcasting live from Kitty O'Shea's Irish Pub and Buffalo Bar. Best wings in Orlando, and I have tried them they are terrific, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it's spicy, and it's helping out with my uh, sinuses right now as I'm uh, you know, dealing with a little bit of a, a sore throat. But, man, these buffalo wings are making me feel good. Head to Kitty O'Shea's if you're here for the ESPN Events Invitational or anytime you visit Orlando, just five minutes from Disney Springs. So we mentioned it, three NFL games tomorrow on Thanksgiving, including also one game on Black Friday, the first ever Black Friday NFL game as we preview them all right now and go around the top sports, top stories in the NFL here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on A1 Radio. All right, let's begin with Thanksgiving bold predictions from CBS Sports. Does A1 agree 
with the hosts at CBS for their bold predictions. Stubb, what do you got? Uh, we got first, Dak Prescott throws five touchdowns to firmly enter the MVP race. Oh, wow. Um, that is a bold prediction. I, I think he's going to have his way against the commander secondary. I wouldn't be surprised if he had three or four, five touchdown passes. This is doing a little much. I mean, what is he going to – what are they going to win, 35 to, to 10? I mean, our defense is bad, so I could kind of see it happening. But I also don't think that puts him in the MVP category, really. I mean, there's too many other quarterbacks playing better than him this season. Uh, you know, I would point to two. I'd point to Patrick Mahomes. I'd definitely point to Jalen Hurts, who I would choose as the MVP and the best player in the division and the conference way over Dak Prescott. So I will say, no, I disagree with that first bold prediction. All right. Next up, uh, the Packers take the Lions to overtime. Oh, no chance. No chance. Are you kidding me? This is the first time in like 20 Thanksgivings that I'm confident the Lions will win. Lock it in. It's the lock of the week. Lions win. They cover the spread. That offense is humming. They're able to throw the ball all over the field. Amon Ron St. Brown having a great season. They've got a two-horse back at the running back position uh, with, with Gibbs and David Montgomery, and their defense is playing well. Now, I, I will say Jared Goff has coughed it up a few times recently. They just won a game in which he had three interceptions. I don't expect that to be the case tomorrow. Um, it is the early game, 1230. Uh, yeah, no, give me Detroit to win, cover the spread. They really think Packers are going to take this game to overtime? Yeah, I don't, The Pack are not back. I'm not I'm following out. that. <laughs> yeah, give me a no for that bold prediction. Yeah. Uh, and then the final prediction is that Drew Locke will re-enter as quarterback for the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I know Geno Smith was dealing with an injury. I, I, I believe he's going to play, but maybe they're thinking that uh, the 49ers defense will get in after him and force him to go down. Um, so it, it looks like Seattle Times is saying Geno Smith limited but looks good in practice. He will give it a go for the Seahawks against the 49ers tomorrow. So what, the bold prediction is that Drew Locke would get back in? Yep. You know? I don't think that's that bold, so I'll, I'll agree with that. I mean, the 49ers defense just added Chase Young. They've got a Bosa brother. Uh, they're able to get after the quarterback. They've got playmakers on both sides of the ball. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Geno Smith went down with an injury in that game. So I'll say yes to that bold prediction. Uh, we did want to get into Tom Brady's comments All right, yesterday or earlier this week on the Stephen A. Smith show. Now, Tom Brady's talking about mediocrity in the NFL. I will say, Stubb, I've been going in on the mediocrity in the NFL for a few years now, and it's because the quarterback play in the league is so down, right? I just mentioned a few guys that are having good years, but there's so many guys that are struggling that usually have good seasons. Joe Burrow's been in and out of the lineup with injuries, usually a guy that you can count on. Josh Allen has been up and down with turnovers uh, this year. So many quarterback you know, that usually play really well have struggled at times this season. Defense has taken over the league. Last year was the year of the running back. We talked about, hey, is this going to be the year where the quarterbacks return? And I do predict that one quarterback will break the record for most passing yards in a season. Part of that's just because Tua and Patrick Mahomes throw it so damn much, and there is an extra game, so it's easier to break Peyton Manning's record. But I point to the medi mediocrity in the NFL because everybody's looking for a quarterback. There's so many teams searching for a franchise quarterback, and they think they have their guy, but he's really not, 
right? And, and, and that's why I kind of went in on all the rookies because I was tired of all the announcers hyping up Bryce Young just for me to watch him stink, stink it up and go 1-9. I was tired of them hyping up Anthony Richardson as the greatest athlete to ever play QB. He got injured after like four games. Will Levis always talking about how he's going to take the Titans to the playoffs. They're now struggling uh, once again as him as the starting quarterback. I will say C.J. Stroud is going against my thought that all the rookies will be under 500, but he's the one guy that you can point to of all the rookies this season that is playing some good football. But let's hear from quarterback Tom Brady, NFL legend, on NFL mediocrity. I, I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. Yeah. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And hope why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development Ooh. of young players is as good as it was. The rules Ooh. have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm -hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way, and every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to a defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect themselves. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game, and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. That's a great point. So, number one, he brings up coaching. And, I, I mean, I, I do kind of agree with him that we don't have, you know, all the same great coaches that we've had of the past. Everyone seems to be going to these younger coaches, and I do think that is kind of the style of the NFL right now, and a lot of teams are having success with it. I look at Mike McDaniels. I look at the coach at Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of young co co uh, coaches. Matt LaFleur uh, a few seasons ago with the Packers. Kyle Shanahan right now with the 49ers. It is a young coaches league right now. But I, I, he made a really good point there about the development of young players. It, it does kind of seem like guys are getting onto the scene and thinking they've made it, and then they fall off. And I, I actually kind of point to Chase Young in that category, right? I mean, had a great rookie season, thought he made it as an NFL legend, and then fell off, and a lot of that was due to injury. But I think a lot of it is the mindset with these young guys, and they become superstars and millionaires and Instagram celebrities, and everywhere they go, you know, everyone's kissing their ass. And I, I think it has changed in the NFL over the last 10 or, 10 or 5 or 10 years where young players kind of get onto the scene, make a few big plays, have a good season, and then they kind of fall off and another backup will come in. And I can especially point to that with the running back position where it, it seems like the veteran running backs aren't wanted anymore in the NFL. And everyone's trotting out, you know, a rookie or a second-year guy and they're, they're doing multiple backs. And then also it's the rule changes. I mean, I totally agree with them on that. The rule changes have made it impossible to sack a quarterback the rule changes have made it so much easier for offenses it's made it so difficult for defenses I hate the new kickoff rules that was also a big exciting part of the NFL I remember watching Devin Hester having so much fun with that Dante Hall now they kick it and guys just let it go through the end zone or they just you know fair catch and we'll get the ball to 25 you know we miss a lot of the great quarterbacks from Tom Brady's era we miss Peyton Manning Drew Brees even Phillip Rivers, better than most of the quarterbacks we've got right now with Tommy DeVito having 250 yards in a win. 
So that that's my thoughts there on Tom Brady. What Stubb, did you have any thoughts on on his comments there? Like I agree. I, I like yeah. with the with the regulation thing instead yeah. of like teaching people to do better. Did you see uh, the Major League Football Twitter uh, is passing a rumor that they might ban the hip drop tackle? Yeah, yeah, I it's saw just that. Another, it's just another thing, which is what he was saying. They're just regulating every single play, and it's not making people be better. It's just making no. everyone play in one way. It's not. And while we're complaining about the NFL, stop putting games on streaming services. I, I hate Thursday Night Football being on Amazon Prime. Michael Phillips always brings this up. You're stuck watching that game, even if it's a blowout. You can't channel surf on commercials because you're on the stupid Amazon app. Then you got to go to the stupid YouTube TV app, and then back and forth and back and forth. It, Just put NFL games on CBS and Fox. And like it's confusing. My, yeah, I, I go home to my parents, and they're confused every single weekend on how to watch the Washington game or whatever yeah. game they want to watch because it's on a different channel or streaming service every single time. Yep. No, it's frustrating. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, always available on the go on the Odyssey app, broadcasting live from Kitty O'Shea's Irish Pub and Buffalo Bar, the best wings in Orlando and a local hotspot just five minutes from Disney Springs. They're taking care of me here. Buffalo wings are amazing. Uh, I'm feeling right at home broadcasting live on the patio. It's a beautiful day hanging out and having a great time. And this Saturday is rivalry weekend in college football. And there is a big game between Virginia Tech and UVA. Coach Pry knows all about this matchup. He told reporters this week, quote, I think there's always pressure to beat UVA. Always. Doesn't matter the records. Doesn't matter this or that or the other. They're right down the highway, like I said, a ton of familiarity. And I know how much it means to everybody. I think you guys know I've been pretty much 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. Well, this is a big 1-0, and I'm not afraid to say it. And, of course, Saturday will mark the first meeting between the Hokies and Cavs in two seasons after last year's contest was canceled in the wake of the tragedy that took the lives of three football players for UVA. Joining me right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it is 1.30 here on a Wednesday, which means it's time for the Cowan Gates Hokies Update with Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill? Well, good afternoon to you. I hope uh, everything is good in Orlando. We're excited to go to Charlottesville, and I'm glad uh, that the weather isn't going to be too bad uh, in Charlottesville, but... We're excited about playing the game again, and as you said, it is a big one for the Hokies. It's, in essence, a playoff game. If they want to go to a bowl game, they need to win Saturday. Absolutely, and seeking bowl eligibility at Virginia, while Virginia has lost 17 of the last 18 meetings. When was the last time UVA won this game, Bill? Uh, Didn't they win the game in 18 or I don't know at the top of my head. I wasn't there. The last time, Tex won, what, 20 out of 22? It hadn't happened very often. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's over the last, I think it's 23 and 2 in the last 25 years. So I, I, I tend to forget the UVA wins, Adam. But, <laughs> uh, but I wasn't there. It was, it was during that, that, that stretch I, was, I wasn't doing the games, but. It'll be good to get back to uh, to Charlottesville and and see how this team plays in a win win or go home situation. That's that's kind of what it is for Tech. 
Yeah, I'm wondering what are you? What are the biggest things that they need to clean up after the loss to NC State, 35 to 28? I'd probably point to third down efficiency. Well, they they can't fall behind again. I mean, it, it's kind of been the same stuff we've talked about. They this game they were down 28 to seven against NC State. Coach Fry talked about getting the ball to Tootin early. He only had three touches in this game against NC State. I think that'll be important in terms of getting off to a quick start. That's it's seemingly something we see every week. The Hokies have been they, – they've only played one game that was close, or at least that was a one-score game, and that was really deceptive, that, the NC State game. It really wasn't that close of a game. Uh, when they get off to a good start, they're pretty good. And when they fall behind, they, they, they rally. They, they, they've made some games closer uh, in the second half. But I think getting the ball to Tootin, getting off to a good start – and then not letting Malik Washington go crazy. Uh, he's yeah. had an amazing season for UVA. And last week, Tech talked all week long about not letting Brennan Armstrong and Casey Concepcion of NC State dominate the game. But those two did exactly that. So uh, I think it comes down to can the Hokies corral the two, the two big playmakers for UVA, specifically Washington in this game. Yeah, Washington and Malachi Fields. But I think it's going to come down to containing – uh, Calandria, because he can burn, he can hurt you with his legs, just like Armstrong. And when he's right. able to run, you know, then he can kind of move around in the pocket and extend the plays. And he's got a cannon uh, throwing the ball downfield. So the Hokies' defense will have to be improved uh, coming up Saturday. What are your keys to the game, Bill? Well, it's, it sounds like coaches speak, but they got to get off to a good start. I mean, I think it was a bit baffling to pry that the Tech played so emotionless on senior day. Right. That they here they here they got a big game, they got a sellout crowd, they beat NC State, they go to a bowl game. Uh it's the last game for the seniors. It's at Lane. The crowd is going crazy. And they came out and were flat. And I think that puzzled him a little bit because that's that's something that you hadn't seen. And and and, that, and that's why I said I the first thing I said today I'm eager to see how they play in a pressure-filled game. Are they going to come out and, and, and play great football? Or are they going to come out and be disinterested and uh, un- uninterested in playing the game? I mean, I think that's I, – I, I want to see how they play. And not, not what they say during the week. <laughs> and, and, and not, well, we had a good week of practice. I want to see how they come out and how they play. And they – I think we've talked about this in the past. That it was they, they played Florida State on the road. It was 22 nothing before Tech got a first down. Similar story at Louisville. And last week against NC State, it was 28-7 to before they started playing. And I think, I think that's, that's a, as a coach and as the coaching staff, they're still trying to figure out why that would be. But when you're playing your big rival and it's the last game of the year and if you, if you lose your career as a senior is done – I would, I would anticipate they play very, very hard on Saturday. This is the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth, play-by-play voice of the Virginia Tech Hokies that can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM as the 4-3 and three Hokies travel to face off against 2-5 and five Virginia, 3-8 and eight in the ACC. Uh, Bill, let me ask you this question because I've had a few people come up to me uh, over the past few days and ask me this. How much does this game matter and getting into a bowl game for the future of the program and the Pry era? Well, I think it would be a big step up. You know, a year ago, Virginia Tech won one conference game. If, if they win Saturday, 
you're going to finish the league record five and three and go to a bowl. Yeah. So I think it shows that there's progress being made. I think in terms of how they address their talent situation from a year ago through the portal, they've done a great job. They've had, Virginia Tech has scored 33 touchdowns as a team this year, and 31 of them have been by transfer portal guys. So there's a lot of new faces on this year's team. And I think as, as we move into December and the portal opens up again and kids start moving around, I'm very curious to see what they do for roster management for the 2014. The, the next step is to have a winning season. The next step is to go to a bowl game. And, and those yeah. two things are still out there for this team. A year ago, they had a hard time beating anybody. This year they've already won four conference games. So let's, let's see if they can make it a fifth and finish the, the year five and three in the conference. I think that would be clearly a step in the right direction. I, I think it's also kind of neat that, you know, Coach Pry, Coach Elliott, they've never coached in this game before. And yeah. it's, 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 it's kind of a new era in the rivalry with two new coaches coaching in the game at the same time. And that's going to be really interesting. You know, uh, you know the last time a first-time UVA coach beat Tech <laughs> – the first time he coached against him was Sonny Randall in 1972. <laughs> That's a long time ago. So, yeah. <laughs> and I know that that the both Coach Elliott. I mean, the other thing is this: is that unlike probably previous regimes, I mean, the the, the head coaches are tight. Uh, you know, they 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 their families are tight. They've known each other long before they got these jobs. And, and so that makes it a little bit different. Fontel Mines is on the Virginia Tech coaching staff. It's a, it's a much different kind of vibe going into the game. I don't know that the fan base looks at it any differently, but I think from, from, the, from the guys that are on the field, the players, it's a little bit different. But most of all, I'm glad we're playing. After missing last year's game, I'm glad that we get a chance to play this game in 2023. And you can hear Bill on the call this Saturday uh, kickoff at 3.30. You can watch it on ACC Network, Virginia Tech at UVA. And as this is the final game of the season for Virginia Tech, I did want to get your thoughts overall on the ACC and, and the devastating injury to Jordan Travis at FSU. Well, it's, I, you know, in, in so many ways, it was a great year and still is for the ACC. I, I think, you know, if you take a look, they've had a winning record against the SEC this year, which is something that hasn't happened. A winning record against the Big Ten that hasn't happened. A winning record against Notre Dame. I mean, they've done a really good job this year in, in non-conference games against the, the, the really good teams. Yeah. And I think having Louisville and, and FSU both in the top ten coming down the stretch is huge. I, I feel for Travis. Uh, you know, he, <laughs> here's a kid who's having a, a, an amazing season and, and has an opportunity or had an opportunity to legit, legitimately lead FSU to a to a national championship, and I, and I, I think he he would have been the player of the year in the conference. And so to see him go down, it's just it's really tough. It's, it's tough to, to see a guy who's having such a good year and put so much into it um, get hurt in in the twelfth well, the week of the season. It was just tough to watch. Well, Bill, I always appreciate you taking the time to join the show, and hopefully next week when you join me, we'll be hyping up a bowl game. Hope so, and a happy Thanksgiving to you. Enjoy Orlando. The Hokies are, Hoopsters are down there for that. This is a big uh, weekend for Virginia Tech basketball as well with, with a game against Boise State, a potential game with VCU on Friday, yep. and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, even a potential game with Texas A&M and Buzz Williams over the weekend. So 
it's a big weekend for Tech basketball when you look at the at the ACC on a basketball standpoint and the opportunity for quad one wins. You know, uh, this weekend becomes pretty big from a non-conference standpoint for the Hokies if they're on the bubble in March. So, chance to get some good W's this weekend. Yeah, you know, if VCU and Virginia Tech win, I'm doing a show Friday, Bill. I might have to give you a call. You can do that. We're, we'll be in Charlottesville, but uh, I think it would be great. And, and, you know, Ryan Odom is a dear friend, and, and we, we hope that uh, we hope VCU goes 35-2. and two. And, and the two losses are to the Hokies in Orlando and another one in the Final Four. Do you Seth have any good Ryan Odom stories? Because when I had Seth Greenberg on the show, he told a hilarious story. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm close with, with Ryan and his wife and his kids, and um, I would tell you that one of the, one of the fun stories was, was being uh, with Ryan and, and Red Autry, who's now the head coach at Syracuse, and being in the basketball office, his coach Greenberg got a speeding ticket, <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and watching Coach Greenberg try to talk his way out of a speeding ticket, while the staff uh, watched from inside the building. I don't think <laughs> Seth would appreciate me telling that story, um, but I think 15 years later, whatever it is, we can we can watch. And uh, and uh, Seth did ask the officer, "Do you know who I am?" And the officer said. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. Here's your ticket. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> Thanks so much, Bill. I appreciate it. See you guys. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Stub, you know, I have gotten pulled over in the past, and they saw my 106.7 The Fan sticker for my time in D.C. with the Junkies, and the cop goes, no way you're AWOD? Oh, <laughs> Oh, man, you, yeah, 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 I got you. They actually towed me to the gas station so I could fill up my car. It was a good time. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Kitty O'Shea's here in Orlando, Florida. Kitty O'Shea's Irish Pub and Buffalo Bar, Best Wings in Orlando, a local hot spot, and five minutes from Disney Springs. So having a good time broadcasting live here. And I, I will say, Richmond was really upset. I had a few people complain to me when they heard the daily tip, BetQL, on today from 10 to noon instead of Michael Phillips. But here, he was able to join us on his off day. He's on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline right now. What's going on, MP? You didn't want me on the phone earlier. We were doing the the drive to the in laws. It's uh, it's a lot like the road to the road to the final four, but but less fun, um, you know, <laughs> out there today. But but that's all right. That's, it's lots of lots of people tuning into the fan uh, here in the sports talk. I I didn't know where you were. I've been to Kitty O'Shea's before. Uh, that's our spot when we go down to the sports editors convention each year. Uh, great great spot. Great wings, as you mentioned, and uh, I trust you'll be hanging out with Mickey before long. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a ton of fun. And when we get Michael on the line, it's time for Crosstalk. If I could just have your attention. It's Crosstalk with Adam Epstein and Michael Phillips on the fan. It's like that one 90s movie that everybody loved. What's the name of that movie? It's not Crosstalk, but it sounds like Crosstalk. It's Crosstalk on the fan. Oh, Face Off with Travolta and Nick Cage. But this is Crosstalk. All right, Michael, 
Let me start with this. I have to ask you a very important question. Are you ready? Okay. Ready. Do you mind if I steal your time slot on Friday? <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I would be honored to have you occupying my time slot, keeping the seat warm. That, that would be an honor. There we go. All right. You have it. Michael Phillips gave the okay. We have the official permission. AWOD Radio will be live from Disney World on Friday from 10 to 1 p.m. Before I hand it off to Gary Hess and Gary Criswell for the high school football broadcast game of the week. And it's actually the regional finals, Michael. How much have you been following high school football playoffs in Richmond? Man, my, my you know, I'm a, I'm a city boy. I, I live in Forest Hill. Um, now, now I, I don't. It's not my school, but I root for the city schools. Armstrong still undefeated. Shout out to city schools. Highland Springs un- is untouchable right now. Um, yep. But I am I am guessing they're going to be at uh, the Manchester game. Do I have that correct? Yes, they are going to be at uh, Manchester against Highland Springs. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of good games Friday. Uh, but of course, Michael Phillips and I every single week cancel a franchise a canceled franchise means we believe that you have no opportunity of winning a Super Bowl this year you may sneak into the playoffs you may finish with a positive record but when this team is canceled we believe turn in your pads and your helmets your season is cooked you are not competing for the Lombardi trophy stub do we have the list of teams that Michael Phillips has canceled so far this season yes give me just one second all right yeah, I'd like to point out during last week's program, I was razzed for canceling the Oakland Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, <laughs> and they, they redeemed my pick with, with, with a very nice loss. I razzed you for canceling the Houston Texans, and uh, I forget what happened. It was a few days ago. I you know, must slipped my mind. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> they, they won again. They're red hot. Yeah, but, you know, Vegas looked pretty good, even in a losing effort. Antonio Pierce has made a difference. They lose 20-13 to 13 to a good Dolphins team. I, I still think, I, don't, I would even say, I think there's a chance the Raiders get into the playoffs. I, I think that it was a good loss for them. To the extent a good loss exists, 20-13, to 13, holding that offense to 20. I, I like Max Crosby a lot. I, I, there's a case to be made that you're correct. I just won't be making it because this is my time. <laughs> All right, Stubb, let's go through the list. Who has Michael Phillips canceled? Michael has canceled the Giants, the Cardinals, the Bears, the Patriots, the Panthers, the Rams, the Titans, the Raiders, the Buccaneers, and the Jets. Okay, okay. I I like those canceled teams. Don't really have a big issue with any of them now that I'm looking at it. I mean, the the Rams, you know, they've been decent at times this season, uh, and I don't think their season is over yet. Uh, they've got an interesting game this weekend. They should be able to beat the Cardinals. That would get them to 5-6. and six. And Michael, let, let me ask you this. What record do you think it's going to take to get the 7th seed in the NFC wild card? I don't believe we've had any ties to date. So, so as long as we hold off on ties, uh, I, I do think 9-8 and eight is going to get the job done here. I think there's a lot of parity in that in that group fighting for the eight, I, I don't think the losing record's going to do it, but I I, I do think that uh, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I think nine and eight will get the job done. All right, week twelve begins tomorrow with three games on Thanksgiving. Michael, is the pick in? The pick is in. Washington Commanders. Oh no way! You're fired. See you later. I know, because you're fired. No, you're fired. And now it is my great pleasure to announce, you are fired! Well, I guess it's time to say goodbye.
Goodbye, Washington. Uh, one week ago on, on my radio program, I said if they just beat the Giants, you know, they, they, they're one steal a game away from being in the playoff discussion. And I believed that at the time. That's the thing I said. It's a matter of public record. I can't take it back. It, it's, it, and they would. If they had beaten the Giants, you're, you're, you're one game under 500. You just got to steal one in Dallas or steal one against the Dolphins. And, and then you're running downhill with the Rams and Jets. Instead, I, and now, we, reasonable people can debate this. But for my money, that Giants loss was way worse than the Bears loss. Um, I, I thought that was the worst loss of the Ron Rivera era. Uh, the worst loss of the season, the worst loss in quite some time. Uh, an embarrassing showing against Tommy DeVito, a third-string quarterback. Uh, there's no coming back from that, Adam. It's over. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. I, I do kind of think the Bears game was more embarrassing because it was Thursday night, and even the other Giants game where they started Tyrod yeah. Taylor, and it just took 14 points for them to win, holding the Commanders to seven and racking up a ton of sacks. I mean, Wink Martindale just lives rent-free in Eric Bieniemy's mind right now. He's been unbelievable. Um, so I, I like that pick. Let me ask you this. Can you promise our audience here in Richmond that you will not give out any more must-win games for the Commanders this season? <laughs> They they are one and one in declared must win games. Although I, um, <laughs> in, in games I have declared must win because the Cardinals was my other one. I will say this though, I you know we're chatting in the locker room and sometimes there are some you know sometimes we make fun of some of the TV people because they, they just kind of like float in and they don't really know what they're talking about. Um, somebody asked Logan Thomas this week if this was a must win game in Dallas, <laughs> and I, and I just stifle a laugh, uh, dude. The must-win games are over. You had to win. You <laughs> lost. We're, we're done with must-win now. It's just, just games now. They're just games. Yeah, Michael's not on the same page as Linnell, who's claiming that the season's not over yet. It's too soon because we haven't hit Thanksgiving yet. Stubb, my pick is in. Uh, do you want me to play the audio, or do you want me to read off your, your previous picks? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hear who I've canceled already this season. All right, you have picked the Panthers, the Bears, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Giants, the Patriots, the Packers, the Texans, the Rams, and the Saints. Mike, are you still calling me out about my Texans pick? Yeah, you're good. Always and forever uh, until that playoff win in Houston, a uh, big dramatic playoff win for the Texans. Uh, until then, you're going to be hearing about it. Well, do you think that they actually are contenders to win the Super Bowl, though? I mean, I, I could see them getting into the playoffs, but no chance for a Super Bowl with rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. No, and obviously we're building to it. Neither of us has made a pick that's truly like a, a shocker of a cancellation yet. We we haven't touched the contenders yet. I don't think we will for another few. Like, we're, we're cutting playoff teams now. We're cutting potential playoff teams, uh, but but we're not we're not cutting Super Bowl teams yet. We're not there. Yep, and you know my rule. When you lose to a team I've already canceled, you're fired. And uh, I've got a bit of a shocker this week, Michael. Ooh. Let's roll the tape. Washington Commanders. Touchdown, Washington. You're fired. See you later. I know, because you're fired. No, you're fired. And now it is my great pleasure to announce you are well, I guess it's time to say goodbye. And, Michael, I'm going to give you credit for me canceling the Commanders when you told me earlier this week that they are actually closer to the bottom of the NFC than they are to that seventh wildcard spot. They, they, they are, mathematically speaking, more likely to have the number one selection in next year's draft than they are to be the seventh wildcard. And that, 
you all agree with Linnell, that's enormously depressing for <laughs> mid-November. Absolutely. So, Ron Rivera, I, I, I can't stand watching on the sidelines anymore. I don't like rooting for my team as you're the head coach. So I'm hoping the team loses to the Cowboys the first time all season, maybe the first time this decade that I'm rooting for the Commanders to lose. I'm hoping Black Friday will be the end of the Ron Rivera era. Michael, did you see my hot take yesterday? Throw Daryl Green in the booth, right? Let him be the head coach. Let him uh, try to motivate the boys. See if he can call out the ex-receiver. I agreed with your callers. I think B. Mitch is, is better positioned to do it. I, I, I like the B. Mitch play. Um, Ryan Kerrigan's on the roster. I, I think you got a lot of good options. Chris Cooley would be fun. Uh, Logan Paulson would be smart. Uh, I think you got a lot and some good former player territory to mine there. I, I think there's some really good options there. But you like the idea of, hey, give, give the fans something to root for here because we just don't want to watch Ron anymore. I do conceptually agree with your idea. I am holding firm to my tankathon here. I am letting Ron coach out the season, rooting for the tank. I think they could rise to the number three or four pick in the draft. Don't touch Sam Howell. Let Sam Howell keep doing his best. But this defense is going to take care of itself. I'm just worried that if you brought Daryl Green in, he might fix this defense a little bit. And I don't want to run that risk. We've we've come too far to, to give up on this dream of a top five draft pick now. I know. Ten minutes with Emmanuel Forbes, 12 minutes with Benjamin <laughs> St. Juice, two minutes with Kendall Fuller. All of a sudden, we're a top-five defense once again. <laughs> he just needs ten minutes. I don't know what he's going to do for the other 50 minutes of the game. He's going to solve all the problems with ten. But I, I will say this. If we have news on Black Friday, I will call into AWOD Radio live from Orlando. We'll break it down. I love that. Imagine if Daryl Green had a three-hour radio show. He'd solve world hunger. <laughs> I mean, Beamage has four a day, so I, he, he should have some plays ready to go by this point. Yeah, no, you're right. And I did love the caller support for Brian Mitchell, our co-worker here at Odyssey. Michael, thanks so much, man, and enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy Orlando, man. I'll be watching. Yep, it's going to be a ton of fun. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.